Hello and welcome to the Heads and Volleys podcast with me, Lee Dunn. I'm excited to explore this episode around the power of questions and the type of question that we ask that we often probably don't give our players a, a chance to express themselves or maybe the style of the question, the way this question is phrased is such a way that it's a simple yes or no answer and then Building on top of that, how we can elicit more answers, how we can elicit more creativity from our players, from them giving us answers, as opposed to us framing a question in such a way that says, I'm giving you the answer in the question. Do we want to play wide there? Well, then, of course, the kid will probably say, yes, we do want to play wide there, because you said, do we want to play wide there? But building on top of that, and leaving open-ended questions in such a way that don't just say, what could we do differently, but really getting into individual conversations. And a lot of my coaching over the last two years or so has really evolved from overall stop and freeze. And that was a previous episode where I talk about the idea of just not stopping everybody playing a 6v6 and now you're stopping everybody. It's kind of, it doesn't really work in the flow of a practice. It doesn't really work for us to be able to engage players on their level because we've stopped 12 players from playing and we're focusing on one area of the field or even if we're going through coaching school and we're expanding all the way out through all of the lines, through all of the players. Now we're taking three, four, five minutes in a stoppage when really restructuring our questions and the way we connect with individuals, I think we can do a much better job. start with my favorite which is often the end of a conversation or the end of a coaching point which is do you have any questions and really if we're coaching in the flow if we're really coaching with individuals or within a certain game model the questions should really be answered a lot in the way that we're engaging with our players so if I were to stop an entire practice and then explain a way we're going to try and move the ball or the way we're going to try and connect between certain lines or expose certain spaces, and then I say, any questions, there's a very good chance that I've given them so much information that they're not going to say anything anyway. And they also want to get back to playing. They want to get back to the ball moving because, coach, be quiet. This is our practice and it's not necessarily your practice. And whilst I think there is a really important part of a training session that the coach has to lead and set a standard and set an expectation. I don't think we have to do it in a stop and freeze where the players don't care anymore because they just want to get back to playing. Now we've lost that real kind of influence that we had in there. Then really looking at how do we change that then from any questions to being able to give them questions in the flow. Think about what do I want you to do here? What does our game model demand of you here? What does this player on the ball demand of you now? How do you connect with this next line? How are you influencing the game right now? Those are the questions that I want to know the answers to, or I want to know that the player knows those answers, or at least has an understanding of what we're trying to work on. Now I'm checking for understanding because I'm saying to my player, you as the number two in this phrase of play, where should you be to support the number four on the ball? And I can understand if our build out moment here is for that fullback to push high and wide, for example. Now, if they say that they need to be deeper, either they don't understand the moment or they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. 
And that's a really good opportunity for me to then look at it and say, that's a really good point. Maybe we do need to be in this space here. And our game model continues to expand. The more players experience it, the more players ask the questions of themselves and the more they understand how we're trying to play. Instead of now exclaiming something in a moment of a game or something in a moment of a practice, we can also say, why? Why do you think that happened? What do you think you could do next time that would be different? And notice these questions again are focused on an individual. So I ran a practice the other night, had 13 players. We played a 6v6 on the field. We had a goalkeeper. So then in the flow of the game, there was one stoppage that I had, which was to establish the structure, players playing in the right places, keeping the right shape because the players were giving their positions, position within the practice, building from goal to target goals. So the players, it was important that they stayed within their formation to help us relate to what the game was. And then I could move around the field and ask the goalkeeper, how do you support this part of the game? What can you do to help us here? So as I challenge him on his own level, the game is still going on. He starts to see how he might be able to connect to the game because he likes to stand in goal as a goalkeeper, has never really been taught anything else. So now really emphasizing how important it is for him to step out and receive the ball, which then allows a number four to step into midfield and create an overload, to then shifting across to the number two and then saying, if the goalkeeper steps and the number four steps, what are you going to do now? Or if there's space ahead of you here, what do you want the player on the ball to do? And if he doesn't do it, how can you connect with him? How can you ask him to either exploit that space or to do something else? And then one of my favorite questions on top of that is, can you show me? Can you show me what you think we need to do here? How you think you can beat the opponent that's not marking you or is marking you or has checked away or has turned their shoulder? Can you show me how to get into his blind spot? Can you show me how you might score a goal for our team here? Can you show me how you might connect with this player? Can you show me? Can you show me? And then when we review all of that, maybe the ball's gone out of play and there's just a brief moment of stoppage. Perhaps we're in a rotation in our periodization, so we played for four minutes. In those four minutes, we just use the time to reset, get all the balls back into reset positions. And then I can say to that same number two, did it work? What went well in that moment? Were you able to beat the player? And then we complete the cycle again. What would you do differently? What are you going to do differently? How are you going to show me this time? And then continue my route as the game's in flow. I go back to the goalkeeper. Is it working? Can you show me how you're going to connect with that player? Can you show me? As opposed to me saying, you need to be there. You need to be there. I put some effort into showing them the idea and the concept of the model on a board. Then we go and put it in action. Do you guys remember what was on the board? Do you remember what happened to this player? Because if they say a yes or a no, then I can expand on it. And they say yes. I say, okay, show me. So it's a constant cycle of challenging them to remember what we've worked on, what we've talked about, and then apply it in the game. And I really enjoy that challenge for the players because 
it means that when I'm talking to them, it's incredibly important. If you've sat in a classroom where a teacher cold calls on people and they ask a question and nobody says anything, and so they say, Lee, what do you think? And then suddenly, when you're in that environment, you're constantly on your toes, you're constantly engaged because at any moment you could be called upon. So instead of now making players uncomfortable, because I find that fairly uncomforting, I will then go to them in the practice and ask those questions. So I can call them out in a position and a moment that's relative to them and not just about asking somebody in the massive group situation why they did something because they may be embarrassed about it. They may be uncomfortable about it. They may not know. And I can get those answers when I connect with them on a private. And then much like a coaching license, as you progress, you're beginning to challenge yourself on more concepts or more ideas or to gain a deeper level of understanding. I'll often do it with my players where I'll take it a little deeper and then say, what problem is this team creating for us right now? Most players will be able to tell you who the best player is on a team, perhaps who the worst player is on the opponent team, or maybe even just an area that we can have success. A lot of it is about us. Remember, it's kind of us as a team, us as having success, us winning. This typical kind of experience of youth soccer is, is how can we win this game? But really understanding that we can exploit the opponent, but what is the opponent doing to us? To do that in a lot of small-sided games, I'll work with a team and say, here is our 6v6 from the other night, and you are going to play in this way because this is how you play. However, I'm going to challenge a couple of individual players to change things up a little bit, whether that's play like a false nine, and we did that. And then the player worked really well because the player was constantly receiving the ball in the middle of the field because he had identified that as a false nine, the midfield had stepped high and the defense wanted to stay a little deeper. So he had lots of space to receive the ball. We play for a four minute rotation and then I could pull the center back and say, what was the problem here? And we identified the false nine was the problem. So then my question was, how do we solve that? How do you connect with your teammates to solve that? We're now identifying the opponent and it's not just me as a teammate or me as a player with the ball we want to play this way and I need these players around me to be able to do this because we don't always attack in a game. Defending is really key. Defending and helping us win the ball back. Transition is key. So then how do we build on that? Now we recognize that this player is having success. They're receiving the ball in space. They're either shooting or they're able to lay the ball in to someone to get in behind us. We have to deal with that problem. And then sure enough, of course, they begin to deal with it. Either a midfielder drops or the center back steps. However they want to deal with it is great, but they are dealing with it. So then I go back to the attacking team and now say, they figured out your problem. You're the problem that you were creating. How do we now break that? What do we do differently now? Is there some sort of interchange? How do you think you might break them down? This is all in an hour and 15 minutes of practice. This is why a lot of my structure of practices is arrive some sort of activation of small-sided game don't really do kind of rondos or circles of rondos or anything like that i never do technical practices because that's an expectation on the individuals themselves so they have to be able to come to play ready so then i can use that hour and 15 hour and 20 whatever i have on the field to work through this so i spend an hour doing small-sided games typically the same small-sided game and then I have these constant questions and constant challenges for players to learn to play within the game model, 
but also then to really expand on their understanding and expand on their game IQ and expand on their vision within the game to see what they are doing, what their teammates are doing, and importantly, what our opponent is doing. And I think if we're doing so much isolated skill work, we don't get a chance to ask those questions. And that's a huge part of my advocacy for playing small-sided games. And then to wrap things up and moving away from the actual coaching element of a practice and how we can challenge our players with questions, changing the way we talk to our players before and after practice. The favorite, of course, is why are you late? If you coach youth like I do, there's a very good chance that the player either doesn't know why they're late and or it's completely out of their control. They don't drive. They are subject to other siblings' schedules. They're subject to their parents, whatever they've got going on. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they hit traffic. So really saying why are you late is a complete emphasis on the fact that the kid is late and the kid is missing out. So I like to say, are you okay? And I know that are you okay is a yes or no question, but it's really difficult to engage with a child, my experience, to engage with them in a way that is meaningful when they're already flustered, they already know that they are late, they already know that they have quote unquote let the team down because nobody else is late. It's the worst feeling in the world. If you're often a late person, maybe you don't feel like this, but as an individual that likes to be on time and my wife is if she's 10 minutes early she's late now living by that knowing that there is a stress to being on time practice starts at five if you're not there before five then everything tells you that you're late and all the other players are going to be there now you're missing out so me saying why are you late is really compounding on the stress that that kid is already feeling Maybe it's a kid that you know is already late, is always going to be late, or is always coming from something else, or is always coming from the other side of town. You know that, you understand it. How was the drive? A little bit easier today? Maybe you're only five minutes late instead of being 10 minutes late. Hey, five minutes earlier than last week or yesterday. Brilliant. And then I ask, are you ready to play? Are you ready to play? Do you need a minute? Can you jump straight in? Do you want to do a little stretch? The new team I coached the other day, unfortunately, one player was late and his first question was, coach, how many laps do I need to run? And so I said, uh, just hold on a second. Let me, let me finish talking to this player and I'll come right to you. So while you're waiting, get your boots on, get your laces done up, of course, because he's all flustered. He's running off, the, running off from the parking lot. So put a green penny on, please. So then sure enough, I go over to him and he's like, sorry, coach. I'm sorry, coach. I'm sorry, coach. Whatever. It is what it is. You're late. That's okay. Now, I want you to instantly focus on what we're doing here. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're playing it. You're going to be a feeder for the next two minutes because we've got another two minutes of play left and then I'm going to rotate you in. When you rotate in, here's what I expect of you. And I could just see him relax to an element that he thought, okay, good. A, I don't have to run laps and miss more. It still blows my mind why we make kids run laps. It's not his fault he's late. It's never going to warm a player up relative to being ready to play soccer. So if you take anything away from this episode, maybe ask them anything other than why they're late and then don't make them run a lap. And then challenging him to be able to jump straight into the practice. So now as I take on this team and these players, my constant connection with this player will always be as soon as you show up, I want you to be ready to play. 
And if you're not ready to play, that's okay because you had a busy day, busy drive, traffic, your parents, whatever the deal is. But ultimately, you're going to be able to connect with me in a way and you can honestly tell me, coach, I just need a minute to decompress. I need a moment just to watch what's going on in the game. And I'll always have a role for a player like that, whether they're just putting the balls back in play quickly or they're calling offside or they can be referee for two minutes and break into the flow of the practice, which is a much better use, if I'm being honest, in my own opinion. It's a much better use of an individual than making them run a lap and not really paying any attention to them until they come back. And then maybe you're shouting at them because they're not performing in a way that you want them to, but you're not going to give them a chance because you're just going to throw them straight into the game. Whereas having that conversation with that individual, I think is really, really key. So not why are you late? It's, is everything okay? Are you ready to play? When you know your individuals, you know why players will be late or if it's completely unexpected, perhaps after the practice, it becomes, uh, are you okay? Is there anything I need to worry about? Do we need to talk to your parents about time? Is this just a one-off? Kind of what's the deal? Because I want to make sure that these players are A, safe and healthy and that they're ready to play because we have limited time on the field. And then to wrap it all up, I want to go back to using Zoom. And I know for most of us, we've finally got away from Zoom. We've finally got kids back on the field. Perhaps you're in a different area of the country or in the world where you've been able to play a little bit more. But for us, it's really about saying, now I'm going to use as many tools as I've got in my arsenal to be able to challenge you in a way that's going to help you understand more. It's going to make you a more confident player. It's going to make you a more understanding individual within the team and within your own position or within your own experience. So now I'm going to use Zoom as much as I can and present moments from games, present professional moments, present our game model, present pictures, present whatever I can, and then continue to ask questions and not rely on that all at the field. And I think if anything, this pandemic and lockdown and not being able to be in contact with our players, everybody jumped to Zoom and we started doing all sorts of crazy things in terms of trying to run a practice session through Zoom and have players dribble through cones in their garage while we're watching and stuff like that. But really getting to the point of saying, this is a great tool for us because we don't have the time, we don't have the resources on the side of the field to show a clip of a game, to show a picture, to talk about specific tactical nuances that we're trying to achieve or trying to understand. So I'm going to use Zoom and be able to say, here is what we're seeing, here is what we're trying to achieve. How do you fit into this? How do we do this? How can we bring this to our game? What can we do about that? Now, those Zooms could be 10 minutes. They could be individuals for five minutes. It could be send everybody a video on a text message and then elicit answers from them on a one-to-one level or on a small group message. Now I'm really challenging these players, not only on their level, but in a way that will grab their attention. Again, because I'm calling on them on an individual level and not just at the field where maybe they turned up late or maybe they don't quite understand what's going on. Or maybe there's four or five or six other teams training around us And we really don't have that much attention to the tactical side or the board or a printout because there's just so much going on. So really understand the questions that you're asking and how you're asking them. Not just, does that make sense? Not just, do you have any questions? But really exploring how can you show me 
What about this? What about that? What if this? Not just why. And I really want to find out from you if you have like a structure for questioning that you ask of your players, something key, something that we as a coaching community could benefit from. I've listed hundreds of questions there just in the flow and as I'm talking and thinking about how I engage with the players and can you show me what about this what about that so if you have something like that that you use as a constant or maybe you have a bad habit does that make sense is often one of mine when I talk to the big group so I stop talking to the big group as much as possible so I stop asking those sorts of questions that don't really elicit any answers and they don't really get us anywhere and they waste time so if you have something to share, I would love to know. At Lead on Soccer, of course, as always, you can leave me a voicemail on this and I'll put it into my next episode or release a snippet of what you've said. It's about sharing, it's about growing our community and ultimately it's about the players. And if we can challenge our players in a way that makes sense to them and is stretching them to an extent of not calling them out in a group of 15 players, but really being able to say to them on their own level, and explore with them what they do and what they don't know and how I can progress them along the way. Again, at Lead on Soccer, share with me everything that you have, everything you know, and I want to tell everybody how much of a great question asker you are or how much of a great question asker you are going to be because of this episode. <laughs>